The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. One you found financial food for thought. Quiet news week this week, wasn't it? Karen? Not at all. I have to ask, what is the reason for the song? <laughs> well, I have to ask, do you know who's singing the song? No. Really? No, never heard it in my life. Yeah, Carrie, you're, don't pull my leg. I, I'm, I'm not. It's a different uh, uh, um, time frame. Yeah, I've never heard this song. I wonder if you've ever heard of the group. I wonder if any, you know, millennials. In the, in the audience have ever heard this song. This was a group. They were out of uh, Liverpool. They were a pretty popular group. Beatles. <laughs> Very good, but I've Carrie. never heard this song. I mean, the voices sound familiar, but I've never heard this song. Well, <laughs> I obviously don't know the name of the song. Oh, heck, and Beautiful People? I don't know. Uh, no, very good, Carrie. You'd probably <laughs> find it. That's not the name. That's pretty much what But they I think sail. more people would know it. Uh, Baby, You're a Rich Man. So I'm playing this because... That's who did you watch the uh, you know the tug of war debate? I, I call it. Carrie. No, I did not. I go to bed early and then I watch the highlights, or I get it from my family. I heard it was a better. If I have a partner in China, it's fifty-one percent. We would not do that at all. Number one. Number two, we're in a situation where China would have to play by the rules internationally as well. When I met with Xi, that and uh, when I was still vice president, he said we're setting up air identification zones in the in the South China Sea. You can't fly through them. I said we're going to fly through them. We just flew B fifty two B one bombers. B fifty two. That's a little while ago. It wasn't, but whatever. We know what he's talking about. By the rules, and what's he do? He embraces guys like the thugs like in North Korea and and uh, and the Chinese president and Putin and others. And he pokes his finger in the eye of all of our friends, all of our allies. We make up only we're twenty five percent, twenty five percent of the kind world's of economy. Me. We need to be having yeah, China's the rest our, of friend. our friends. Russia's our friend. Saying to well, China, these are the rules. You play by them, or you're going to pay the price for not paying I, by them. I think Trump does that. That's the way I will run it, and that's what we did in upholding steel tariffs and a range of other things when we were president, and vice president. Trump didn't like All his right, let's talk about no. Excuse me, no, I have to respond to that. Okay. <laughs> Very quickly, and then we're going to move on to North Korea. Billion and a half dollars from China to after spending ten minutes in office and being in Air Force Two. Number one. Number two. There's a very strong email talking about your family wanting to make $10 million a year for introductions. President Trump, oh, on China policy, true. though, what no, specifically no, are you going to do? What specifically are you going to do to make China pay? You've said you're going to make all, them pay. China is paying. They're paying billions and billions of dollars. I just gave billions. $28 billion. <laughs> Trump just goes out. I, I mean, $28 billion to our farmers. Taxes are money. It's what? Taxpayers' money. They really? Know, yeah, you know the taxpayers. It's called China. China Not paid true. twenty-eight billion, and you know what they did to pay it, Joe? They devalued their currency, and they also paid up. And you know who got the money? Our farmers, our great farmers, because they were targeted. You never charged them anything. Also, I charged them twenty-five percent on the moderators got to end this, right? They were right. Our steel we were not going to have a steel industry. Okay. And so, now Kristen, here she goes. Vice President Biden, your response, please. Our response is look. 
this isn't about the reason, Here we go. there's a reason why he's bringing up all this malarkey malarkey there's a reason for it he doesn't want to talk about the the, the substance of issues it's not about his family and my family it's about your family and your family's hurting badly if he's you're not pointing less than, at us if you're a middle class family you're getting hurt badly right now you're sitting at the kitchen table this morning deciding well we can't get new tires they're bald because we have to wait another month or so or so have we heard this before carrie in other words the presidential candidate saying i'm the one who's going to solve the save the middle class in america because i've always said that's you know that probably needs to be their message you know so biden's clearly trying to get off the china you know money and back on i'm the one who can save the middle class and have we heard that before mm-hmm. and has it worked no, because nobody does anything about All right. it. We're going to be able to pay the mortgage. Who's going to tell her she can't go back to, to community college? They're the decisions you're making in the middle-class families like I grew up in Scranton and Claymont. They're in trouble. We should be talking about your families, but that's the last thing he wants to talk about. I want to say, that's not true. Now, now here's Trump. I do want to turn to 10 seconds, Mr. President. That's 10 seconds. political statement. Let's get off this China thing, and then he looks. The family, around the table, everything. Just a typical politician when I see that. Let's talk about North Korea. He called them out on Let's get off the subject of China. Let's talk around, sitting around the table. All right. Come on, Joe, you can do better. We're going to talk about North Korea now. That's funny. He's right, because it's like when you Miss USA says, I want world peace. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's right. the same. Do you believe it? Uh, so, so you know, I don't know who won the debate. I mean, I don't know if it changed anybody's mind. I don't on, think so. On, on who they're voting for. Um, it, but I do think it was much better run than the previous. Right. Uh, the first debate was a disaster. And my son's millennial friend said they thought Trump was more respectful and he came across better this debate. Right. I guess they were talking on social media. And- so maybe the debate structure isn't ruined forever. You know, uh, you know, maybe it will. I think it will still continue. But I think everyone's glad that was the last debate, at least for right. this uh, election. And we'll see if it changed anybody's mind. I don't know. Uh, can all the polls be wrong, Carrie? Yeah, all the polls say that Biden's got this thing wrapped up. Mm. Well, didn't they say Hillary too? Um, yeah, but they, but this time it's different. Mm-hmm. True, but you think about the silent. <laughs> well, at least majority. that's what they're saying. They're right. saying the pollsters are going to get it correct this time. Right. They learn from their yeah, uh, Hillary mistakes. So. Yeah, so, I don't know. Um, so we'll see. Um, but again, in the meantime. What's where where that's where's that stimulus package at here? Well, I saw just you know. They're still working on it. Have they been working on it for how many months? So I don't know if we should be counting on the think, second stimulus check for our Black Friday shopping. I, I think we should fire them all if they don't get it done. Um, it'll get and done, start Carrie. Over. But, it's but it just, needs to get done now. You know, if Joe's so worried about the middle class, how about he gets on Nancy about getting the stimulus done? Well, you know, he he mentioned in the debate, he's saying that here, they, you know, the House passed the Heroes Act months ago. That was the three trillion, you know. Right. Um, but the, but the, then we had that. What is it? The purple group coming together and negotiating and came together because compromise is compromise, yeah. right? Um, and nothing happened with that. And we had the skinny bill that would do something is better than nothing. That you know. Right. So um, so we'll talk a little bit about it. And, and and it really comes down to the Senate. Um, and, and because you know, cocaine Mitch is saying we don't have the votes to pass a two trillion. Um, and Pelosi knows that, um, Biden knows that. And, you, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, you know, Kristen Welker and moderator, she kind of at one point in, in the debate called on, called out Trump and said, well, you're the president. Why don't we have the next stimulus packet yet? Which was really a naive question. I thought from the moderator, because obviously if she doesn't know, I mean, she, I assume she knows, but if she doesn't, someone's got to clue her in. It's not up to the president. To pa- the president by himself cannot pass tax law. Right. So your vote for Congress <laughs> so, is just as important, so, if not more. So, so Trump had to kind of remind, you know, uh, Kristen about that and saying, well, you know, you need votes, Kristen, you know, um, and, you know, and and the idea to say, well, oh, well, um, you know, the and also Trump had a reminder, by the way, they've already passed four stimulus packages. 
This would be the fifth bill, by the way. Um, so it's not like they haven't gotten anything done. Um, they've got a lot done. You know, it, you know, and that's what Mitch McConnell keeps saying. You know, they want to pass the the five hundred billion, right? And you know, and Mitch's comment was, "Well, I, you know, I come from the camp. You know, when when a half a trillion dollars was real money at one point." Which it is now to me. They just throw out a trillion, two trillion. What difference does it make? Yeah. So um, well, a lot to the people that are going to have to foot the bill. You know, and 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 the thing is, so this is how it, it's it's working out, Carrie, is because the reason why there is no stimulus package right now, and I don't think there will be one before the election, is um is because you got to look at the numbers, right? So even if you know Mnuchin and you know Pelosi cut a deal, let's say two trillion, um, and Trump says, yeah, vote for it. Here's the problem, right? You, you, it's it then goes into the Senate. Now, obviously, Mitch McConnell's skinny bill didn't fail this week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on straight party line vote, fifty-one to forty-four, nowhere near the sixty votes you need. Remember, it's sixty votes now because Mitch hasn't thrown out the filibuster yet. So you still need sixty votes in the Senate to get a major package like this passed, right? So, so they were nowhere close on the on on the latest skinny bill that the Senate tried to pass. But it, it, the numbers flip around, Carrie. If 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 uh, Pelosi and Mnuchin says we've got a deal, okay, so because now you're going to get all the House votes, right? Now, if that goes to the Senate, now all the uh, all the Democratic senators are going to vote for it, right? Because right. it's Pelosi's bill. Okay, so how many how many of the votes are that? So basically, you know, in the current Senate right now, there's 45 Democrats right. and two independents that basically caucus with the Democrats. So the number is 47. So right there, you've got 47 votes voting for the you know the the Mnuchin Pelosi package. You know, the two to two and a half trillion, whatever mm-hmm. it's going to be. All right, but. So now that means um, they need another 13 votes to get to the magic number 60. So what Mitch is saying and other senators are saying is there aren't 13 votes of, of Republican senators that would vote for a two plus trillion dollar package. And so the question is, why? Well, the, 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 a lot of people think the reason why is because those are the conservative. Those are the fiscal hawks. They got their Senate seat by their constituents because they were fiscal hawks and saying we're not going to spend all that money. Right. So now what they're not worried about. So what these fiscal hawks who have the current seats in, in the Republican Senate, they don't want to lose their seat. Remember, that's the first right. one goal of a, of a senator. Don't lose your seat. Right? right. So they're not worried about this election. They're worried about the next primaries. And when the next primaries come up, if they are on the record for voting for a two plus trillion dollar package, guess what? There's going to be they're worried that some younger conservative um, uh, is going to oppose them in a primary. Right. And say you you're you were you know you were the rhino you know you 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 said you we, we you know we we voted you in because you said you were going to be fiscal responsible and you're not so therefore you're out that's what they're worried about right which I think though them they still have they talk about money they didn't use from the spring the CARES Act all right I, I oh man. Like I said, it was a slow week. Why don't you get us started? All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to talk about financial news and and tax laws and other issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're working or already in retirement. And we're sponsored by the estate planning team, which is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm that's been around the greater Cleveland area 30 more than 35 years now helping people take the steps necessary to protect their long-term financial stability. So while you're working, it's what do you do um, to know when you can retire and what kind of lifestyle you can have and to address potential issues. And if you're in retirement, um, what do you need to do or how much you can spend or how do you create the income you need as tax efficiently as possible, which is even more important if you're in the camp that thinks tax rates are going to go up in the future. You know, it's about the net spendable dollars and we help people address those issues and understand how short term decisions affect the long term impact and also looking at potential disruptors, whether it's market volatility, rising health care costs, taxes, inflation, um, whatever it is that you're worried about. Long-term care stay we don't we haven't talked about recently um, can be a huge um, impact. And it's about using your assets as effectively as possible so you're getting the most net benefit and having a detailed plan with price tags and time frames so you're comfortable with those financial decisions because 
planning can benefit estates of many different sizes. And it's, uh, you know, it's not how much, you know, your state grows, it's how much you actually get to keep. And the state planning team does offer a free no obligation consultation right now we're doing those by phone or in person whichever you prefer uh, to see if we can benefit you or if there's um, any value we can bring to you we're not investment advisors we usually have clients that do their own investment or already work with an existing investment advisor although we've worked with plenty of investment advisors around the Cleveland area so we do refer people if that's their choice but we do have people do that themselves what we do is bring that value of traditional financial planning number crunching. And again, the consultation, we're going to look for opportunities that you may be missing out on um, and run some preliminary numbers if you give us, give us some information. If you are someone who has tax qualified assets, IRAs, company plans are similar and haven't taken your minimum required distributions, even if you have, there could be opportunities this year that can minimize your future tax liability. And each tax year stands alone. And this year happens to have a ton of opportunities. I think, Mark, you're going to talk about Roth conversions too um, so today. So if you want help, um, we'll let you know. You Kara, can... I'm going to talk about the debate all day. Oh, let's not hope not. I was going to say I've been reading about it all, all morning. Um, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. We have affordable hourly and retainer fees. Or you can visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right, you got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And no, I mean, I don't want to, I, I could talk about the debate for the next five hours, but, and the, the one thing I do, I, I call it the tug of war debate because my bottom, you know, my takeaway from the debate was that it was like a tug of war. Trump kept trying to pull Biden over to the left. You know, you know, the idea that it's not really going to be Biden's administration as much as it's going to be the Democratic left's administration. Right. Starting with the VP. And Biden kept trying to pull back towards the center. I think he desperately tried to say he was in the center as opposed to the, the left. Right, Kerry? In other words, he, you know, he talked about the middle class. Right. You, you know, um, he talked, you know, he, he kind of made a big point that. You know, it's it, it's not he's not for the Medicare for all plan. You know, the Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders plan. You know, he's he's now calling it. He self-proclaimed it Biden care. Right. Um, and that, you know, that's the why he that's why he does have the uh, why he won against all the other Democratic challengers is because he's the one that stood up and said, no, I, I don't want to go for you know Medicare for all socialized medicine in this country. Um he would laugh off any time Trump made a reference to the Green New Deal or, or you know, it, he called it the AOC plus three. Right. That was his that was Trump's uh, thing. And, and and, you know, Biden just would laugh it off like, oh, yeah, right. You know, it's like there's no, you know, to the that. So he tried to stay away from the, you know, the Green New Deal. Um, he, you know, Trump tried to say, you know, the, you're going to shut down the government again. And, and Biden kept saying, well, no, you know, we're, we're not planning on shutting down the government again, you know, shutting down the businesses again. Right. But he kind of wavered on that. He I was going to say what he, I read that he was, uh, he, he wasn't very clear about yeah. not never doing it again. He kind of said, well, it's not our plan, but you know, the bars, you know, the gyms, you know, we got to protect these people, the schools, we got to protect the teachers, you know, so he kind of yeah. wavered, but he tried to get you know right because it was unprecedented I, every week i hear more businesses and family-run businesses that have been around for years in akron and cleveland shutting down permanently right and then where really trump tried to pull them you know tug of war over to the left was on the fracking right, right. um and because again i think pennsylvania is the is the state to win or lose i think whoever wins pennsylvania will win the election um, and I think Pennsylvania voters, it's going to come down to, you know, they're, you know, they're going to either, you know, if they're going to vote for Biden, it's because they believe him when he says he's not going to brand fracking. If they don't for, vote for Biden, I think it's because they don't believe him when, or they believe him when he said he was going to ban fracking. Right. So I think depending on whether they believe Biden will or not, you know, get rid of fracking is is how they're going to vote for him for the, the, the presidency. But. 
you know, so so Trump kept kind of say, you know, bringing that up and Joe quite, you know, insistently saying, no, he's not going to ban fracking. But in the end, I think Joe tired. It was a little bit after, you know, he checked his watch right. for the time. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Now, one, yeah, he was checking his watch and saying, can I get off the stage yet? You know, how much more do I, you know, I have? <laughs> but I think he lost a little steam in the end because he kind of. He kind of, you know, Trump got him. Maybe Trump won the tug of war because he kind of got Joe Biden to say he is for, uh, you know, getting rid of oil. Yeah, industry. I, I did. That was one of the big points. And, and you know, I, I don't, you know, if, if Biden wanted to do that. So and, and so but the, the whole point about this is that. Um, there are a lot of people concerned, you know, what's going to happen to them economically, you know, if Biden wins or if Trump wins. And what we keep saying on this show, it, again, it's not necessarily who wins the White House if there's going to be major changes, at, at least in terms of taxation or, you know, health care or, you know, things like that. That's more, you know, going to be controlled by the votes in Congress. Um, and so, um that's where the Senate, to me, is more important than the White House, uh, you know, this time around. In other words, um, you know, regardless of who wins the White House. So, you know, if Trump wins the White House, he can veto any new tax law, which is a powerful veto pen, unless the Democrats have enough votes to overturn his veto. But you need a lot there. Um, if Biden wins, OK, he can go along with Pelosi's plans. But if 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 the Republicans maintain control of the Senate, they really can't. Um, so so that's you know, we're back to that. Now, I do think there will be a, a fifth stimulus bill. Um, I don't know. I don't think it'll pass before the election. Um, I'm not even sure if it would pass before the end of the year. Um, because depending on who does win the election, and hopefully we'll know who won the election by the end of the year, Carrie, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to hold my breath. Do you think we'll know before Thanksgiving? Um, let's I hope. would be hopeful, but I don't think so in this case. So if uh, assuming we know you know, who, who won the election, depending on how that goes, that means there's either a new, a whole new you know, administration starting in, in January or not. And so I think, you know, depending on how it goes, you may say the stimulus package might not be coming till, let's say, February. Um, and obviously, you know, if, um, you know, that doesn't, you know, bode well if you are counting on a second stimulus check for your Black Friday shopping. All right. Regardless of that, there's things you can do about your financial life and steps and strategies you can take. I know every week we talk about some case where we're doing analysis for Roth conversions and it's not a yes or no thing. Too often we see someone come in and they say, well, my investment advisor told me not to do it. It's not a yes or no. A Roth conversion is an all or nothing. Usually it's how much over what time frame and and again each tax year stands alone and it's looking at those different things hitting your return and certainly people do have opportunities maybe you want to max out the zero capital gains maybe you want to look at the 10 percent bracket that certainly it's a no-brainer if you're at a zero tax bracket and you have iras you need to be even if you don't need it for income you need to be looking at distributions um, from those apps yeah. or con and look at conversions, either use that money for spending. And I mean, what's better than tax free or those lower rates, the 10%, the 12, some people, they know they're not hitting minimum required distribution, but they're retired and over 59 and a half. And they have that huge window of opportunity. They can pull money. Maybe they need those IRA or company plan for spending. The balance can be converted to a Roth. You create that pot of money. That's tax free and it's a great emergency fund because you can access the your the conversion amount. You can't touch the growth for five years um, and then you're growing that tax free pot of money in the future that you can access when you need it. So there are plenty of opportunities that people should be using today or if you're concerned about your job. Certainly we've had clients who, you know, didn't think they were going to retire this year next, but they're either offer to buy out, they've decided they've been down, like they've had instead of full-time employment, they've been offered part-time, or they're saying, hey, you know, chances are company changes and our vendors, even though I thought we were okay, I might not have a job in six months or a year. Does that change my plan? And Mark, I know you've talked to people saying, hey, what can I run my plan if I'm forced to retire in the next six months? Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's, am I going to be okay? And that's one of the things we always, you know, talk about is that, 
you got to be prepared. We're very active planners at the estate planning team. In other words, we're not the ones that we do a financial plan once and put it in the sock drawer for 30 years. Um, the whole idea, the fi- learning the financial discipline, in our opinion, is, is learning the idea that, yeah, at any time, you know, at any current time, you've got the most realistic plan model running, okay, based on your best um, assumptions, you know, keeping realistic and conservative assumptions in mind as parameters that, that you can make today. In other words, you're saying if you are still employed, that's your best assumption that you will remain employed. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, you know, if you are concerned, you know, and so you get that plan. Now, the beauty of that, or, or you can't really run alternative scenarios to have your base case scenario. Right. Up so the idea is get your base case scenario up and running. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the discipline uh, you know, of financial planning says that as reality changes, one of the assumptions that you made, you know how to go in and manipulate your plan to update it. Mm-hmm. So in, like your, in your example, you're saying if you're getting word that you may be laid off, or that there could be a buyout coming. Right. Okay, you're ready to act because you've got your base case going, and now you're saying, okay, now I want to model a scenario, another scenario case, but I would just want to change this assumption. Mm-hmm. I don't want to change, Mark, how much I want to travel in retirement. Right. What I want to change is i got to change my assumption on income. Right, and for some people, guess what? You're going to be okay if you don't have to. You don't have to go to work, back to work. Other people, maybe you only have to go back to work part time and you only have to earn X amount of dollars over what time frame if you want to still do that same level of spending. Or you could say, hey, I can just cut my discretionary spending yeah. by this percentage and still be OK. Yeah. Does it, how much how much do I have to decrease my travel budget? I was I, I was going to use, you know, five thousand, ten thousand a year. Well, do what can I do half that? Can I do three quarters of that? That's the, the detail we get to in our financial planning. In other words, it, it's saying, okay, yeah, it, it, you know, it's not always sometimes it's a light switch on or off. You know, it's not like, well, you can't do any travel if you've got a, a financial hardship. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you, you know, that's the idea. Now, the other thing, too, is um, a big part of that is what rate of return are you assuming? Mm-hmm. You know, and and we've had a lot of discussions, you know, with a new 60-40 and what is that good for? You know, we're in a very low fixed, you know, interest rate world. And, and you know, Chairman Powell saying, he ain't, you know, they're not even thinking about thinking about raising rates for a few years. So what does that do to you? You know, you if you still have a, a 1% or 2% CD, I just had worked with a client this week that their 2% CDs are maturing the, in next year early. Guess what? They, they're getting preliminary. It's, it's, it's now, you know, 0.65. Right. You know? And so, you know, so it's, it's the idea saying, do you now, so do we have to make an assumption? Is the last time you ran your plan, uh, were you using a 4 or 5 or 6% rate of return? Hey, do you have to knock that down a notch right. to be more realistic? And is that is that going to have a material effect on the longevity of your plan or not? And for people who are retiring or being forced to out of a job before 65, certainly that other variable that's going to change is the health care number. And can you swing it or, or, you know, the bottom line, people want to know if these things happen and the things that keep you up at night or your worries and concerns if I'm going to, how am, am I going to be okay is the bottom line. And if I'm not, what do I need to do? It puts that worried into actionable steps or gives you peace of mind that you're going to be okay. And those are things that we do and we can help with. And again, we've been doing it more than 35 years. We're A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We're A-rated and Super Service Award multiple years on Angie's list. So if you want help, want to take advantage of a consultation, we do it over the phone or in person, whichever's easier. We have early morning and evening if you're working in New you have busy schedules. Um, we're trying to be accommodating to people and helpful. We have affordable hourly and comprehensive retainers. And you can call 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll go back to you on Monday. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So, um, you know, I started last week the ABCs of Medicare care. And, and I want to kind of, I'm going to keep that topic going. I don't know if I'll, I'll get to it today. I may get a little bit to it, depending. But, you know, again, being such a slow uh, news week, uh, I don't know if I'll get to it or not. But let's talk about, uh, but, you know, you can always go back and listen to our podcast. Or, you know, we will eventually, you know, go get back to the ABCs of Medicare. Hopefully today, if not today, maybe starting next week. But, the um, but I, let's I you know, you mentioned the Roth conversions. And, and the reason why 
we're, we keep talking about Roth conversion this year is because this is a unique year. <laughs> That's an understatement of the decade, right? Mm-hmm. Of the century, maybe. Um, you know, with 2020, with the required minimum distributions being suspended, and if you don't know that yet, we keep telling people that yet because we still get questions. People are still calling us saying, is it true I don't have to take a required minimum distribution? Yeah, there are no required minimum distributions mm-hmm. for 2020, whether it's your own or if you inherited an IRA, right? Um, now, so that could open the door for the possibility of doing a Roth conversion because normally under the rules, you're not allowed to convert your required minimum distribution to Roth IRA. That's disallowed by the law. Now, you if you get your RMD done for the year and then you want to do an additional IRA distribution and then convert it to Roth, you know, a Roth conversion, you can do that, but you can't, you know, you just can't convert your required minimum. And cross your T's and dot your I's. You got it, you know, we recommend you get your required minimum distribution done first before you execute the Roth conversion in any one particular year. Now, um, so in this year, though, since there are no RMDs, that means you can convert your IRA distribution from dollar one. You don't have this required minimum you know, barrier that says you can't convert this amount this year to Roth. That disappears when there's no RMDs. So we so there's a lot of, you know, people out there who saying, you know, I didn't I don't need, you know, I don't need any more cash flow. My cash reserve is fine. Right. Um, I don't really need any more money out of my IRA. I know I don't have to take my required minimum, but the, the next planning levels. But should I mm-hmm. should I do so? Am I in a good enough tax you know, position where if I did a Roth conversion, I, I'm really not going to penalize myself too much tax wise. The, the classic example, Carrie, is the one who's in a zero tax bracket. Mm-hmm. You, you say, you know, you know, we've had that many. I'm not saying everyone's there, but we've had a lot. You know that that without the RMD, they would actually be in a zero tax bracket. Well, why wouldn't you at least do a, a Roth conversion to max out zero? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now. But and then and but so the idea is so but how so what are the steps because you know we're getting close to the end of the year we're running out of time you know because things get bottlenecked in the, the year believe me you, you know you, I'm not the only professional advisor who is who is you know bringing this subject matter up and saying maybe you want to look at a Roth conversion in 2020 um, now the idea is um, so. You're saying, well, Mark, how do I know if I'm a good candidate? Well, that's you don't ask your neighbor, you know, if they're a good candidate for Roth conversion. Kind of got to do it yourself. But, um, but the idea is saying, well, if you're going to try to, you know, you know, look at this. And Carrie, I think you you mentioned a good point. You know, we've been helping clients do Roth conversion since they came into existence in 1998. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that we've recommended a Roth conversion for every client that we looked at it. And frankly, there's people that say, call us specifically. I want to do a Roth conversion. And they really want to do it. And when we crunch the numbers, in their case, it makes no sense. Right. There's no value in doing it. Well, it's not a big win. And it, you have to quantify it. Right. So um, so we're not saying that everybody should do it. What we're saying is, should everybody be looking at it? Absolutely. All right. Um, now, so how, like, like you know, so kind of what, we, what are we telling our clients right now? Um, well, first of all, it takes a coordination of effort. You know, we always talk about the show coordinating your advisors. So in this case, who would be those players in that decision making uh, analysis? Well, one obviously could be your um, your CPA, you know, because what we need is we need a good tax pro forma Mm -hmm. about whether whether we do a Roth conversion or not. What's it going to do to our taxes? Right. Second one, obviously, is the investment advisor. You know, if you're using a professional investment advisor, you know, you want to get them involved in the conversation, right? And the third one is maybe your financial planner. Who is crunching the numbers? Who is bringing this up? And, and the big question is, if, you, if you're thinking about your advisors at home, how often are your other advisors ever talking to one another? How often is your CPA talking to your investment advisor? How often is your insurance guy, your fixed annuity guy, talking to your stock guy? You know, see, we are very big on coordination of effort. You know, we want to get that brainstorming, you know, discussion going. We believe with that type of, when you're getting, you know, if you have independent advisors giving you opinions and solutions to problems you're bringing up, we think the client gets the best answer if it's not all from one camp. All right. Um, we learned that, by the way, by our most wealthiest families decades ago. 
who weren't using one advisor. <laughs> um, now, so, you know, the, the, so back to the, you know, the, the steps to say what should you be doing now if you're even thinking about doing a Roth conversion? Well, one, you have to zero in on what the target amount you're thinking. What is the right amount? What's the right amount for your tax picture, right? In other words, you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot. You don't want to go through one of those tax thresholds that you could with a Roth conversion. Gary, you were playing the tax limbo game mm-hmm. earlier, right? You know, is that where your Medicare premiums go up or your Medicare B and Medicare D premiums go up? Is that where you max out the 85% taxable Social Security? Is that where you lose the 0% long-term capital gain rate and qualified dividend rate? You know, is that where you start paying the Obamacare surtax on net investment income? You know, is that the 12% bracket? Is that the, you know, all those thresholds, those very arbitrary thresholds in a very mm-hmm. complicated tax code. So the first step is to find where, you know, which one do you want to max out? The, you know, the, the no brainer is zero mm-hmm. bracket. If you're in a zero bracket, that may be your bracket. Well, right. I want to take I want to do a much Roth conversion to max out zero. Right. It's not a bad idea there. Right. Um, now. Um, so that's the first thing. Now, also, though, you got to be aware, you know, on taxes is that depending on how much Roth conversion you do could affect what you should be paying in an estimated taxes. Mm-hmm. So you got to circle round back to that. You know, so in in other words, because it's obviously you would owe less taxes if you don't do a Roth conversion, unless you're maxing out the zero. But that's not too many people are in that you know department. But there's some out there. Um, but in either case, does that change what you're planning on paying in for estimated taxes? Does it change whether you're hopping over from a previous year safe harbor to a current year safe harbor, or vice versa? Hmm. Okay. Um, so you know, and then you're saying, okay, now how do I do that? Because ideally. If you're saying, yeah, I, I'm now deciding to do a Roth conversion, but uh-oh, I'm going to be a little low on taxes. So to get caught up, I'm going to do withholding on my Roth conversion. Uh, that's going to, you know, that's going to lose some of the benefit of doing it. Maybe now, there's another way. Yeah, so if you don't understand that, I don't. I'm not going to get over that today. No. But come in for a consultation, or you know. But you know, generally, we when we're planning Roth conversions for a client, we don't plan it that the the way they're going to pay for the Roth conversion is doing withholding on the Roth conversion. Um, we try to say, are there other ways we can do that? Um, but you know, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you have to do it that way. Um, now, so so that's so that's the first step. You know, finding out the target amount you want to do. And then, and then understanding how that's affecting your taxes, both in what you're going to owe, one of those thresholds you want to stay right. under, and estimated taxes. All right. Um, secondly, you want to get your investment advisor, if you're using a professional, thinking mm-hmm. about which assets to convert. Right. Okay. Don't just spring it on them. Okay. Give, you know, throw them a bone. You know, say, look it, I'm thinking about doing a X a dollar amount of Roth conversion. Um, by the way, can you start identifying what you think may look good to convert? Mm-hmm. And you say, well, I, my investment advisor, uh, he's never calls me to ask me, you know, what assets to convert. Well, maybe, you, see, we don't have all the answers, but we know what questions you need to be asking your other advisors. And who to ask, right. Okay. Um, so, you know, what are, you, what are you paying him for? You know, you know um, now. Okay. So, yeah, you, you go and say, okay, so, you, so they're starting to think about now. Um, it's also the idea of you might want to ask them, by the way, if, you know, and if, and if you're doing it yourself, you're working with the IRA custodian, whoever that may be, right? You want to know, do they have a drop dead date? For, in other words, are they, are they publicly saying, if you want to guarantee that we get your Roth conversion executed by December 31st, you have to have the request into us by a certain date. Okay, that may be December fifteenth. It may be December tenth. You know, you know. In other words, they might not. They may not be saying anything. They may say, "Hey, no, you can call us on New Year's Eve and get it done." Um, but at least ask the question, and then also find out what the process is. You know, is there signed paperwork that has to be delivered? Pro- right, you know, probably. timely. Is can it be done over the phone? Can it be done over the internet? You know, so you want to get this, you want to get the ducks in a row and say, okay, so my, my first step was I've identified the target amount that I want to do. My second step is I've, I've talked it over with my investment advisor and have decided which assets I'm tar- planning on doing. And I know the deadline and, and what has to be done to get it accomplished right. timely. Okay. Um, the third one is say, if, see, if you get all that ready, so you're ready to go. So even though, you know, the government says you have to have it executed by December 31st, you might not want to wait till December 31st. Now you might want to wait because you don't want to do it too early in the year 
because you could get surprises. So you could be, you know, because one of the things that with Trump's tax act, it took away the Roth recharacterization. We don't have the do over again. Right. So you don't want to do a Roth conversion too early. And then later on in the year, you get a surprise income windfall. And you say, "Uh oh, that now in retrospect, that Roth conversion looks too high. It was a bad, yeah, cost me more than I thought it okay. would be. That's why you don't necessarily want to execute it too early, but also, you know, you don't want to wait to maybe, you know, New Year's Eve to, to, to get the order in. Or we had clients do part of it earlier this year when the market was down. Yeah. And, and they're leaving the rest in their back pocket. So they did it maybe in March, April, and then when... Well, that's a good point, Gary. Maybe people don't understand that. You're not limited to how many Roth conversions you do a year. Right. So we had some clients with coat and everything shut down in April. Things were down. Um, they went ahead and did a conversion. And guess what? When that came, the market came back up... All that growth was tax free. See, there's the there's the reason why you want to be ready. Mm-hmm. Okay, because what Gary, what you just said. In other words, some people say they, hey, Mark, I want to execute my planned Roth conversion right. when the market dips, mm-hmm. because I'm going to be I'm going to keep it in the same investment. I'm just, you know, moving shares over from one, you know, from the IRA to the Roth IRA because I believe that asset will eventually recover. Mm-hmm. And then, it re- but now here's the point. If you leave it in your IRA and it recovers, it's still going to be 100% taxable when you take it out. But if you move it over to the Roth IRA when it's low and then the recovery happens, all that recovery carry, as you mentioned, is tax free when you take it out of Roth. Okay. Um, now, also, you're getting kind of a tax discount, you know, because you know the the, the way the IRS values the you know how much is the date you do the conversion. It's the dollar value. Mm-hmm. So if if the price of the stock or the mutual fund or the ETF dropped that you were planning on converting, you can move more shares over. Is one way of looking at it mm-hmm. for the same target amount, or you know, in either case, you're saying I'm getting a tax discount right. because I'm converting on a dip. Right. Um, so, you know, so so those reasons, you know, the idea is saying, you know, we're not saying that you you that everybody should be doing a Roth conversion, but should everybody looking at it and getting and if you are seriously, hey, I think it does make sense for me to do this year, you know, when the in this weird year, um, then I want to be ready to go because I don't know. It, it's now it's I'm not saying you can time the market. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you want to be ready to go if there is a dip. I don't know, maybe around November 4th. All right. Regardless of that, those are, and that's a good example of, I guess, how we can help and just one of the few things that we've been doing for our clients. So if you want to look at these issues, have questions or need help with anything else um, that we deal with, which is many things, whether you're working or already in retirement, you can call the estate planning team for a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation by phone or in person to see if you can benefit from the type of planning we offer, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. You can also visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. The website has information on newsletters you can sign up for. We probably won't have any classes until 2021. I'm hoping when this whole COVID thing's over um, and Um, Or you can listen to our previous podcasts and there's calculators and other helpful information at, again, financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Listen to Mark Donnelly, Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And we've actually built a lot of plans, you know, during presidential candidate, uh, you know, election promises. And we always say, don't get too excited about what any presidential candidate is promising because it's really not up to him. You know, he doesn't hold the purse strings. Um, it's up to Congress. So my, I keep saying, you know, we'll see what happens in the election. We'll see if there's a blue wave or if it's, you know, status quo. Um, nobody knows, you know, couldn't the polls be right or wrong again? I, who knows? Um, voter turnout. They say they're expecting a record turnout. Record turnout. Um, well, there's already a lot of votes in. I know my daughter yeah. was home from college. She was going with going early to vote. This, you know. Wow. See, that's a big thing. Are the millennials going to vote? Mine yeah. are, at least. Mine say they are. Well, one already did. So, 
Um, all right. We got one more to go. Um, but, you know, a lot of people say, you know, talking about the president candidates and a lot of people are saying, well, you know, there's a lot of talk about there on Wall Street. Well, who's going to be better for the stock market? You know, Biden or Trump? And Carrie, does anybody really know? Mm. Um, you know, I don't know. But, you know, it, it even goes further. It, it says, well, you know, because it, one there's a one belief out there that um, under Trump, the stock market will do better. Mm-hmm. OK, um, because of all the you know threats of higher corporate taxes and right. um, higher individual taxes and higher capital gains taxes and stuff like that. So they think there'll be a big you know push in the market if, if Trump gets reelected and we don't see those unfavorable you know, right. taxes come in. Well, I know this week there were some corporations that said, already warned their employees if Biden is elected, that they're going to be laying off people. Right. Just in anticipation of the higher cost, higher payroll that they're concerned, it's going to impact their net profit. So, But Carrie, there's another thought out right. there that says, no, if Biden wins, mm-hmm. the stock market's going to take off. Mm-hmm. And what's the thinking there? The thinking there could be along the lines that, you know, it, well, let's say if there's a blue wave, I should say that. Right. OK, so if there's a blue wave, meaning what I mean by that is uh, the Democrats maintain control of the House. They win the White House and they pick up three seats in the Senate and they throw out the filibuster. Then I where's your little ching button, because I think we're all going to be paying taxes. Yeah. More. Well, well, it, you know, but but the thing is, you're talking about that, Carrie. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be all um, now the but the theory is there's a the ones that believe that that will be uh, bullish for the market is because if that does happen, if that blue wave comes into you know being, then we are going to get probably a three trillion dollar tax package. Right. How are they going to pay for that? Well, who cares, Carrie? The, the idea is have to raise we're going to get $3 trillion. And a lot of the and we may have major governmental infrastructure. See, uh, see and, and which is, you, mean you know, government jobs yeah. and government money. Right? Intervention. But in order to pay for all that. We're, no, Carrie, don't worry. We're just going right. to tax the millionaires. Well, you know, I but, saw but the, the idea right. is. Um, but they said that won't work. You can't just tax the millionaires. Even the middle class will have to get taxed. But a lot of people think that that stimulus, which would happen in that scenario maybe in February, that is going to be, you know, because we know Powell isn't going to raise interest rates in either case, um, you know, because he doesn't make his decisions on who's in the White House, right? Um, and who knows if Powell would even be in the, the federal chair if, if, if Biden wins. So I don't know. But the, but the idea is um, people are saying, yeah. It, it, you know, that could be that's why the stock market is going to and a lot of people are baking that in, mm. See, which think a lot of people. That's why they think the stock market has done so well already, mm. you know, because they're kind of baking in a blue wave and a three trillion dollar tax, you know, stimulus mm. package coming. And, you know, and, and the idea that it, no. it's going to cost all of us like the best meme that I got. I get so many emails from prospect perspective clients, clients, people listen to the show. Um, it was talking about anybody talking about socialism in the direction of our government and the vote saying anybody who's done a group project cares about their grade or is a good student. You know, if you've done a group project and done most of the work, that's pretty much how socialism works, that you're going to pay the price. So so, yeah. So nobody knows. I mean, no. some people believe if Biden wins, the market's going to be fine. Some people believe if Trump wins, the market's going to be fine. Historically, there is nothing you can really, you know, make a conclusion. But there's also th- other things that impact the market other than the president, too. I mean. The Senate, Carrie. Yeah. Or how you feel on a day or. Um, so, I mean, uh, the market's unpredictable. You know, so. Um, yeah. So. So Kiblinger did a little study. They said, well, what are the best stocks if Trump wins and what are the best stocks if Biden wins? Okay. Now, again, we don't manage client assets, so I'm not here to give stock market predictions. <laughs> Quite frankly, stocks bore me. Um, you, know, you know, the whole idea of, of picking stocks and what stocks, I, I just, I'm not into it. Um, I use professionals and, mm-hmm. and let them, the ones that really love to do it, that's why I want doing it. Um, but you know, it, it it was, it was, but you know, it was a little, uh, you know, it was interesting. So Carrie, I'm going to throw some stocks out and you tell me what you think Kippingler thought this was a, this, this stock would do good if a Trump wins versus this stock would do better if Biden wins. 
Okay. Okay. Um, Twitter. Okay. Who do you think Kilbiger said would do better under a Biden administration or a Trump administration? Biden. Trump. Okay. Okay. Uh, how about Facebook? Biden. Trump. Okay. How Just because they're so anti-Trump, I was thinking. Well, the question is, yeah, it, that's what's interesting. So okay. that's what's interesting is anti as they, you know. How about United Health Group? Trump. Biden. Okay. Okay. This is tough. This is opposite of what I'm thinking. Um, you know, how about canopy growth? I don't know what canopy growth is. The new, the, what I'm calling the real green economy. Oh, Gary. Biden? Yeah. See, because, you know, um, I think there's five states right now up for this election who are thinking about um, passing, you know, legalization of marijuana. Mm. Um, That's because it's a revenue generator. But, you know, so, you know, how about Amazon? Mm, Trump. Trump. Okay. Um, You know, and so, you know, let's see if there's another one. How about Exxon Mobile? Trump. (laughs) (laughs) He knew that one. (laughs) I was going to say that one is a a dead giveaway. How about Tesla? I'm still going to say Trump. Biden. Okay. Probably because they want to get rid of oil. Um, but which that's not going to happen. I can't um, imagine them going to do that. I mean, yeah, so you don't so, think there's some oil lobbying going on. But the other the other thing, too, is, you know, what what I you know, listening to the debates, you know, so far, um, I'm kind of surprised that because they're kind of keep asking Trump about his health care package mm-hmm. or what he has done for health care. And he doesn't I don't think he does a good job of actually saying what he's done. Right. Um, you know, and so as much as Biden is, is kind of coming out and saying, no, I'm not for Medicare for all. I'm not for socialized medicine. Right. Um, you know, Trump keeps saying, well, Trump just blows it off and says, well, I'm gonna have the beautiful health care plan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is that why you picked that song? <laughs> uh, um, right. The, um, but you know, actually, you know, Trump came out, his, his blueprint, was uh, came out in, in 2017. Care it was 124 pages. He you know it was called reforming America's healthcare system through choice and competition. You can find it on the internet. Okay. Okay. Um, and a lot of it has been implemented. You know through executive orders and other means. Right. Um, you know so um, you know the one Trump does talk about is that he you know he was successfully got rid of the insurance mandate right mm-hmm. you know for the Affordable Health Care Act. Um, but Trump has really gotten telehealth more available to everyone. Well, I thought COVID did that. Well, but Trump was starting that. He was loosening the rules. But be- you never heard about that. No, because prior I- to that, Medicare, you weren't allowed to use telehealth. Right. Then the COVID kind of, but the blueprint was already COVID there. COVID swung it the other way where only doctors were doing telehealth. Um, y- you know, the, um, the, the you know Trump keeps saying, yeah, he's not going to get rid of pre-existing conditions. Okay. Right, where people now that I've heard, he said he would not. Okay, he's he's done a lot with the you know making you know employer health care is portable and 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 you can take it with you. You know with the health reimbursement arrangements, he's made he's open, he's using laws around that way. Yeah, he needs for. to talk about that more. Um, you know the right to try legislation is, is now up and running. Um, uh, you know I, I hear the music, so I'm running out of time. But yeah, so. I don't know why, you know, in other words, my point is, I think Obamacare or the Affordable Health Care is here to stay, whether Trump wins or Biden wins, regardless if Amy Comey, you know, Barrett is is now on the Supreme Court. I think either they're going to amend it and make it better. That's the distinction. Have a good week. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.